Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to 4 o'clock. Shamari Block, Dan of Owens, Cyrus Sanchez joins us now from Locked on Dubs in the Rick Berry house. Cyrus, what's going on with you this afternoon? Thanks for spending part of the day with us. It is always a pleasure, Dan. Shamari, great to talk to you. How are you gentlemen doing? It's a beautiful day. Well, we just went like toe-to-toe on Jimmy Garoppolo as a bum, and I had Jimmy Garoppolo's back, and Shamari was just absolutely pounding me, throwing right crosses. And I've been defending this Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm almost happy that Jimmy's going to get out of town, man, because I've been taking it on the chin for about two years now. Any thoughts on on, on Jimmy G? Are you a Jimmy G guy or are you Trey Lance? Oh, Trey Lance all the way. At this point, you, you got to go with Trey, right? <laughs> Here we go. All right, hey, let's let's talk a little Golden State Warriors, and and before we get into KD trade talk, okay. uh, summer league. Your thoughts on James Weissman? Of course, we haven't seen the guy in, in nearly two years. What do you think of the big kid? I'm mixed bag. I, I, you know, it's on one hand, it's we expected rust. Um, you know, he played but a few games last year, and those. For those random games uh, for the G League, and then you know we we saw him as rookie year, so it, the rust was expected. But um, on one hand, I mean, you saw his dominance force. He's, he's a huge human being. He's going to be the first uh, real true center the Warriors have had in, in a while because you know their 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 only real center of the last two years has been Kevon Looney. And um, look, he's done Looney's done a tremendous job. I nothing but love for him. But I mean, he's six nine, and he doesn't really fit the bill of a true big. And and Wiseman does. This is a seven footer who uh, weighs somewhere around two eighty. You know, he's a he's a menacing force in the paint. Um, you saw some of those monster dunks. Um, what I particularly love about Wiseman, though, um, is two things. One is his athleticism. He covers the court from one end to the other with such speed. He's such grace. Um, like like he takes. His really long strides when he when he runs and he covers the court just super quick so on fast breaks and when they're pushing the ball um there's a value there with him and then the other thing is his shooting stroke is really nice i I think that's one of the things that's really underrated about his skill set is the fact that he can come in and and be a threat from the three-point line so he does space the floor for you he's got a really nice shooting stroke um and he gets a bit we didn't see much in summer. I'm really much more curious for the preseason training camp and uh, for the regular season because as of right now, he's going to be seeing a lot of minutes. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Hey, Cyrus. So he missed most of the last two seasons. He played 39 games in season one. He played zero in season two. But he was a round 18 that went all the way to the mountaintop and won a championship. Mm-hmm. How much do you think he could have learned in the past 18 months sitting and watching? And how long do you expect him to take just till he gets to 
competent NBA player? I think I think that the value uh, of sitting there while the team went through a cha- world championship run was invaluable. I think that applies to all the youngsters. Um, just because even though Wiseman wasn't playing, um, you know, I mean, Kaminga and Moody, for example, I mean, they weren't playing heavy minutes in the postseason, but even those those little clips that they came in and, and just being in that environment, I mean, the postseason, as you guys know, is just it's stressful. It's very different from, from the regular season. I mean, every possession counts. You're feeling the pressure of the moment like, like no other situation. Um, and even though, again, Wiseman was on the court, I do think uh, he seems like a smart enough kid to absorb the lessons that are needed to be, uh, you know, taken in, in in moments like that. So I do think there's value there. You know, you've heard Myers and Kerr reference that as well, that it's a huge reason why they're putting so much faith in these youngsters. And I do think that if this is the roster that we see next year, um, a huge reason for the Warriors deciding to put faith in them now versus, say, a year or two from now is because of that World Championship run. It does provide invaluable experience. Um and I, I personally think, I mean, we're all guessing here. My personal opinion is I think there's going to be a learning curve, clearly. Like, we're going to see him play uh, a lot. I think we're going to see him play realistically 25 minutes a night. Um, and and I hope what we see from each game is improvement. Um, the, the biggest thing is going to be consistency um, and him staying out of foul trouble. That's always been his biggest problem is staying on the court, um, not committing stupid fouls. And if he can do that, um, I think by the end of next season, I, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, there's no way to predict this, but I'm excited. I mean, I, again, every single former player, every exec, every coach I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of them about Wiseman, it is not, I haven't heard one dissenting opinion when it comes to his talent. It's, they're all universally excited. Um, and so I'm taking their opinion strongly in that regard. So I'm excited to see what, what Wiseman's potential is. Um, but, you know, until we see it, it's hard to really be super excited. But I'm confident. I'm optimistic about it. Sorry, Sanchez is our guest. Let's just stay with Wiseman for a few more moments here. And yeah. I'm not sure if he's wor- – I'm assuming he's working with – is it Dejan Milojevic, the, the, obviously the former tutor for that, of Jokic. Yeah. And I think they call him Deki. And for to make my life easier, that's his name from this point going forward. Good so Deki, <laughs> Deki working on – obviously had an impact. Yvonne Looney has shouted him out. And – he is, uh, he's worth his, his weight in gold. And so where I'm going with this, I know that today's NBA, that you stretch the five and you got to dress the three-point line, but I would love to see at least a level of, of balance. Now, I know it's not 1995, but just <clears throat> having some go-to moves from the pivot, from the post. I've talked about the jump hook, and people give me a hard time and say, Dan, go watch Hoosiers. That's not the real world. But <laughs> just to have some sort of something in your bag that can get him going, whether it's you know a jump hook, a little turnaround, yeah. Jimmy for five or six feet, is that something that yeah. can be introduced to his overall package his game? I hope so, because that's one of the things that caused concern for me watching him in the summer league is, he was breaking a lot of short-range jumpers. I mean, there were like five-footers, ten-footers he was putting up that were not going in. I hope that's just rust. Um, I personally, look, and, and talking about these old-school moves that are incredibly effective, I do not understand why more players don't implement the skyhook. It, it's baffling to me because it's one of those high-percentage shots any player could add to the repertoire, similar to Rick Barry's underhanded free throws. I mean, mm-hmm. people just for some, players for some reason really care about the aesthetics um, over the efficiency of it. Uh, so I haven't seen like a jump hook from Wiseman. I haven't I haven't heard anything like that added. But I do know there's been a lot of work on his post up game. 
on, you know, backing down defenders just because he's so big. Um, but we didn't see much of that in, in the summer league games. And I'm, I'm totally with you, Dan. I really do hope he works on that part of his game because um, that's the easiest way to score in this game. And, and scoring is the bottom line. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm with you. I, do, I don't believe that you should just rely on spacing and three point shots. I mean, the, the, the you know, scoring in the post, scoring high percentage shots, you know, being within five feet of the rim is important. And if Wiseman can, can add that to his repertoire, I would be so excited. And I think it would go a long way towards success. But we haven't seen anything yet in terms of whether or not he has added that skill set. I just hope he does. Cyrus, when I was growing up, man, there was always two sorts of athletes. One that liked contact and others that sort of stayed away from it. I can't necessarily pigeonhole him right now, but there are times when I see him catch it deep, and sometimes you see those guys take that power dribble and even initiate the contact, right? Like lower that shoulder and initiate contact, clear some space. How do you assess that part of his game right now? Do you see him as a guy that that does not like that sort of play and, and sort of stays away from contact at this juncture? I haven't seen that yet. Um, it's just, it's so hard to judge him just because, like, we've really been shielded from his true potential in his game in the sense that we just, he hasn't played real meaningful minutes much in his career. I will say this, like, when in his rookie campaign, he did, and, and a lot of people have been bringing this up, he did put, put up solid stats. Like, he was averaging nearly 12 a game. He was averaging close to six rebounds a game in very limited minutes. I think it was in, in about 20 minutes per game. People are focusing largely on his plus-minus and his, his, his effect on the court when he played, and it didn't result in wins necessarily. But toward the end of his rookie campaign, before he got injured and was out for the rest of the year, we saw him starting to figure it out. Um, and that includes the physical play you're alluding to, where instead of like you know trying to avoid contact, you embrace it. I did not see any fear in his game, if, if that's what you're alluding to. Like I think he does embrace the contact. Um, he's, he's someone, and I think a huge reason why he was the number two pick is because he is someone who likes, um, playing bully ball in the paint. I, I, I've seen that myself. I've heard it. I've read it on the scouting reports. So that part of it, I'm not concerned about. I'm not concerned about him shying away from the contact because you're right. A lot of players actually don't like that. Um, so no, this is a big physical specimen who I think will try to impose his will in the paint. And, um, let's just hope it's successful. So, uh, to stay on Wiseman, uh, I don't want to just you know just flood you with Wiseman questions, but but Wiseman has definitely been eating his Wheaties, which ironically is a reference that he probably wouldn't get. Um, but uh, what do you think about that new muscle mass, and, and how do you think that's going to help him go to the next or just any level, right, in the NBA? Yeah, I, I think again going off what Dan was just alluding to about the the physicality of his play, um, that's clearly going to be a big part of it because there were plays in the summer league, for example, where people are just bouncing off him. He's a big physical boy. He, he knows it. My concern always with Biggs adding weight is, is the, the added weight also causes stress to your lower extremities. I mean, this is a guy who had, you know, his meniscus torn and it cost him a year of his career. And, I, I, you know, we saw what happened with Anthony Davis. That totally backfired on him. He's actually a better player being lean. Um, so, But Wiseman's also so young that I don't think this is some drastic change. I think this is just part of him growing into a full adult, and part of that is putting on all this muscle. He is, I mean, he's, physically, he's insanely gifted. I mean, I'm not stating anything obvious. He's a big boy. Um, he's, his metabolism is second to none from what I've heard. Like he just burns fats and, and just adds muscle. He's just got one of these freakishly, you know, gifted genetic qualities in that regard. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I think as long as like it doesn't hurt his legs in terms of injuries, because that is what added weight, that is the negative of that, clearly. Um, I think that's going to be a huge positive because people are just going to bounce off him, you know, and, and added strength, you know, just to shift gears, like that's a huge reason why I think Steph Curry kind of really evolved and, and really took that final step. We heard Draymond Green talking about that. That's an example of a huge positive when players add strength. Like Steph can now just drive into the paint and people bounce off him and his defensive game is a lot stronger. Um, and yeah, so wise, for Wiseman, as long as it doesn't hurt his legs, dude, yeah, that's a good, that's a positive. That's a huge thing. Sorry, Sacha is our guest. Sorry, you know, the last time we talked, you had a high level of concern that the Warriors had obviously lost Porter, lost GP2, B elites out the door, and we're going to be so reliant on, on the kids, JK and Moody and, and Weissman. Now that you've seen them in Summer League, does that sort of reinforce your thinking, or where are you at uh, a couple of weeks removed from the departure of GP2? The concern is, is, is lessened. Um, like, I'm not as worried. It was very encouraging. Like, Moody looks NBA ready. Like, when we hear all these, like, trade talks, I'm starting to really second-guess myself because originally I, I just thought Kaminga should have been the untouchable player in all this and all these trade rumors. But now, I'm, the more I see Moody, I'm, I'm really, like, rethinking this. Moody, to me, is, is going to be ready to put in 30 minutes a game if they want him and need him for that, which a lot of nights they will because you don't, you don't want to really... Uh, use up all the energy of your veterans uh, who are all in their 30s. Some of them push into their mid-30s. Um, so Moody is a gem. Like, I'm really excited about him. His game is complete. He can hit threes. We saw some really impressive plays where he, he was penetrating the paint and, and, and throwing in, like, you know, fingertip-style uh, layups. And, I mean, he's, he's a real deal. He can play defense. Kaminga was really encouraged because he had that first game, which was an egg. And even Draymond Green on his podcast alluded to uh, criticizing Kaminga for that, um, both privately and obviously in his show. Kaminga himself beat himself up for that first performance. And the fact that he rebounded and had two stellar performances after that um, was really encouraging. I'm, I'm, I'm less worried now. I mean, losing GB2 hurt. And I, and I'm still am going to say to the end that it, it, it definitely reduced their chances of repeating as world championships, as world champions. I don't see how losing GP2 helped in any regard. Um, but with that said, I do have way more faith in these youngsters. Um, DiVincenzo, the more I'm hearing about him, the more comfortable I'm feeling about that addition. Um, I don't think you can replace GP2. I don't like the idea of him being called a role player just because the Warriors bench is so different from most other teams this is a the warriors are a team that their bench carries just so much value they rely on that depth they relied on it in the postseason for that championship run 10 11 12 deep oftentimes whereas most teams just have like seven eight man rotations of the postseason the warriors are pushing 9 10 so i don't like the the this reference of him as just a role player i, I think he provided a lot more than that um but the more i see these youngsters the more i'm, I'm understanding why the warriors are ready to roll with them and and uh, and rely on them for for a repeat championship run. Yeah, it's called strength in numbers, and it's it's a better way to play basketball. It's it's also a better slogan than gold blooded, but you know we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> everyone, yeah, everyone, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm right? <laughs> everyone wants Kevin Durant back. Well, not everyone. People no. with sense don't. Um, but can you see a scenario where you lose a guy like Wiggins, for instance? And a guy like Poole, and then you add KD. Is does it is that team actually better than yeah. the one with keeping those two really good players around? Hundred percent, yes. I, I, it's shocking to me. First of all, it is weird that 
this this whole KD thing has, has created like a full on fissure in the Dub Nation space time continuum. Man, like there is a divide uh, in Dub Nation about whether or not they want it back. The price is obviously key to this. I do think a hundred percent they're better. I mean, Kevin Durant is still at the peak of his powers. I mean, I don't know what he's going to be like two three years from now, but he's still one of the best players in the NBA. I do not. I would not have any regrets trading for him if the Med losing Wiggins and Poole and Wiseman. I feel like those are the three players that I think it goes without saying they're gone if this trade occurs. Um, so, no, I do not think that. And and the bottom line is, and this is the part where I, I get, I'm getting a lot of pushback, and, again, I did not think that this many people would be against a trade like this. I understand it just because Wiggins is 27. Uh, you know, Poole's only, what, 22 or 23. Um, but at the same time, Lakeup was just on a podcast publicly stating a week ago and he wasn't shy about this. And he went into great detail that he envisions a lot of difficulties re-signing both Wiggins and Poole to max contract extensions. Part of what's making this very complicated is the fact that Jordan Poole, he sees himself in terms of his value as a max guy. He's not going to take a, a local discount. That's just not going to happen. So if you want Jordan Poole back, you're realistically, realistically going to have to offer him an extension somewhere in the 30-plus million a year range. That's the only way that's going to happen. And they're balking at that because if they do that, you're seeing a scenario for the Warriors where you have five players making 30 million plus a year, provided Draymond Green's extension uh, increases. I don't know how that's going to play out. But so, so Lakeup has just been very straightforward with that and said, look, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if we can afford to pay five guys that level of money. That doesn't include Looney's new contract. That doesn't include the fact that Wiseman is scheduled to make $12 million next year. Um, you know, you're facing a decision with him. So th- that's a huge reason why I do think there is a very strong possibility of this Durant trade happening because you're, you're ultimately going to be giving up two big deals in Wiggins and, and Poole plus a contract that is fairly large. I think it's much larger than the Warriors are comfortable spending in James Wiseman unless he totally just blows everyone off the face of the earth this, this season. Um, and you're getting back Kevin Durant in a, in a guaranteed four-year deal, which Lakeup loves because Lakeup wanted Durant long-term to begin with. Everyone forgets that uh, he retired his number after just three years with the Warriors. Um, he loves him. He loves Durant. He wants Durant back. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is, I just, would you rather have one more year of Wiggins and Poole and then potentially lose one or both of them? Or would you rather give up both now, but then have Durant for the next four years? And in my opinion, if you make that trade and you don't mortgage the whole future, what I mean by that is Kaminga and Moody being included, um, or at least one of them. You know, I think the Warriors are going to three-peat. I'm already looking ahead to next year. I see a three-peat. It's the only thing <laughs> the dynasty has not accomplished yet. And if that trade happens and they don't have to give up the Kaminga-Moody part of it, I, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. And, yeah, I do think they will, they will repeat as champions easily. And I can see them also repeating. So that's my take on it. Cyrus, well, you know, your KD take had Shamari. I, like, I had, to, I had to give him the Heimlich maneuver over here. All right, Shamari? <laughs> I'm good. He's literally choking over here. <laughs> so let's, how about from, uh, yeah, cause a, a lot of this is sort of beyond conjecture because there are reports out there. But what do we know? Yeah. Or what can we tell in terms of Steph, Draymond, Clay, the core? Although Clay, I think Clay's on his boat somewhere. I don't know if he really gives a rip, but. Have they? What is the level of reaching out to KD and trying to recruit him all back in the day in the Hampton Five? What we know from reports, and this is not speculation, what we know from reports, and there have been quite a few, and it's, and it's important to note, too, that there are no reports from 
any other team in the NBA pertaining to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, when he first made the trade request, uh, reportedly said he wants to go to two teams, either Phoenix or the Miami Heat. Phoenix is now out. Okay, consider them out of the running because DeAndre Aiden got re-signed, and the only other player that the Nets would uh, make that trade for um, is Devin Booker, and the Suns are never giving him up. So the, the Suns are dead in this deal unless this trade happens a year from now. And even then, DeAndre Aiden would have to agree to that trade. He has veto power now, which is crazy. So the, the, the Heat don't have a lot to offer because if they give up what the, the Nets really want, then Kevin Durant's going to a team that has no chance of world championship aspirations. So you're just going to get a player that's going to be unhappy there. Um, and again, with every other team, there are zero reports of any form of discussions, of proposals, of players. I hear the Raptors, but even then, like, you know, the, the Nets want Scotty Barnes, and that's not happening. So I just, I'm just looking at what the reports are stating, which is that uh, Durant and Stephen Curry have spoken to each other. Okay, this has been reported. Uh, what's been reported is that Stephen Curry would welcome Kevin Durant. He's not advocating for it like 2016, but he would welcome it. And they've spoken. Kevin Durant has been reportedly uh, has reportedly said that he's fine with coming back to the Warriors. That the idea is actually something he's he's born to. Um, so there's no issue there in terms of him being unhappy, which is obviously a variable you got to take into consideration. Draymond Green has been publicly stating on Twitter. Uh, he hasn't come out and said he wants Katie, but he's suddenly defending him and vouching for him, um, speaking like he's his teammate again uh, on publicly on Twitter. Um, and then there's the fact that that uh, the Warriors have reached out to the Nets, or at least they've had contact with the Nets more than once. So they have had more than one discussion, meaning interpersonal communication, with the Brooklyn Nets about this trade. My guess is is that the Nets want the world, because that report has also come out that they reached out to the Timberwolves and they asked for Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and four first-round picks. That has never happened. <laughs> so my guess is that the Warriors are sitting there. They're probably this is, again. This is just from you know. I, I'm, this is what how I see this happening right now is that the Warriors are sitting there. They're waiting for the Nets to come down from whatever cloud they're floating on, thinking they can get that kind of crazy package for Durant. And once they come to Earth. The Warriors are probably going to approach them and say, "Are you ready to make a deal now?" Because you're not going to find anything else out there. And then the Nets are going to have to face reality. Either we stick with KD, and we have an unhappy player who's probably going to play for us, but they're not going to win a championship with that roster. They might go make the playoffs, but they're not going to win a championship. I guarantee that. And and I think that I think that trade's going to happen ultimately because again, I don't, I, Lakers and company do not want to give those two huge deals to both Wiggins and Poole. And he loves KD, rightfully so. He has a chance to have KD retire as a warrior. Um, and so that's, I'm just reading the tea leaves from that. That's, that's, that's all the reports that have come out. And there just hasn't been anything to indicate it isn't going to happen, if that makes sense. Um, so that's where we're at. And I'm not advocating for it. I honestly am very happy with these youngsters. If they can keep Wiggins and Poole, I'm, I, I'm happy with the, how things are now. But if the reality is you're going to lose either Wiggins or Poole, a year from now, um, then I say make this trade because Durant guarantees you, or as close to that as possible, will guarantee you a world championship this year and again, I think a three-peat. And then who knows from there? Does Kevin Durant actually have any leverage against the against the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, outside of him having like pictures of the owner in a compromised position, like does he have <laughs> leverage to actually force his way? I mean, I know they're going to oblige him. But but uh -huh. but does he have any leverage? If they said, all right, well, no. you know, yeah, 
No, he doesn't. And 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 it's the whole thing is weird because we're in this player empowerment era. We've been in it for almost ten years now, and and it's gone to the point where if a player, despite being in a four year guaranteed deal, expresses uh, you know uh, a lack of of contentment that the team will move him. But you're absolutely right, Mari. The the, the Brooklyn Nets um, have all the power, and you know they they could easily just tell, tell Durant, we don't want to trade you, and. Durant's the type of guy I think you, you two would agree that he's not going to just sit out. He'll probably play. But then the question is, do you really want an unhappy Kevin Durant? Um, I don't see him pulling like a James Harden where he's faking injuries and putting on weight and stuff. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Brooklyn has all the leverage. But, and again, they're gonna, Brooklyn's going to look at the map. They're going to see what other teams are offering. And the Warriors will have easily. I don't think it's even close. Outside of the New Orleans Pelicans, but I don't know if the – I don't know if – the Pelicans want to make a deal. I don't know if Durant wants to go there. So I just see the Warriors as like just the clear-cut fit. You know, it just seems to make sense. And now it's just a waiting game, <laughs> which is a very annoying, frustrating waiting game because there is nothing else going on in the NBA while, while everyone's waiting for KD and the Nets. But um, I, I, that's that's why I think ultimately he's going to be traded to Warriors. Hey, Cy Cyrus, really, really quickly, if you are yeah. the Nets and you just want to send the bird to Kevin Durant, like. You know, uh, in a way. Oklahoma. Are, are, uh, wait, are you sending him to the Kings or to the Pistons? Oklahoma. Oh, oh or the, the Thunder. Oh. Yeah, I'm going again. I would say Thunder. I will say Thunder <laughs> all the way because that bridge, they burn bridges. I mean, like Durant's not forgetting all those jerseys being burned or all the messages that the team themselves sent out when he first bailed on them. I would say Oklahoma City, absolutely, because they're and they're so young. Even though they don't have like that stench that the Kings have. No offense to the Kings fan base, um, but that is just an awful organization. For a lot of years, um, yeah, I would say, and even the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons have Kate Cunningham. They're starting to put some things together there. They had a great draft this year. Uh, lucked out a little bit. So I, yeah, I would say that I, would, I agree. The Thunder. I think if, if if you want, if you believe in that that Durant deserves that level of karma, yes, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder. Sorry, he's got to get to a break, man. But we enjoyed it. Strong as always. Let's catch up soon. Thank you. Love you guys. That is the one and only. My man, Cyrus Sanchez. Got to get to a break. We conclude the show. Shamari Block, Dana Bono, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shop overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. After this. The game. We have hit the final half hour. Shmari Block and Danavon coming at you here. 95-7 the game. All right. You know what today is or what's been going on? Lace my boots. Come on, man. No, I know. Major League Baseball draft is going on right now. That just goes to show you why that sport sucks. And nobody, nobody (laughs) cares. No, listen, Major League Baseball draft is happening today. By tomorrow, all the players will have been drafted, blah, blah, blah. And you know what people are going to be talking about all next week? NFL training camp starting in a week and and the Madden ratings. <laughs> I guarantee you, oh, no I doubt. guarantee you that over the next seven days, more people are going to talk about the ratings of fictional football players that are going to be talking about the future of actual baseball players and the franchise that they're going to impact. How do they fix that, man? <sighs> I don't, th- there's so many things, but honestly, I think the number one thing, the number one thing that, that, that the NBA can do, because what what is this? What is professional sports about today? The stars marketing your stars. It takes too long to make a baseball player. OK, like like it, it, it takes too long, like, like making a making a, a professional baseball player is like making lasagna. <laughs> Like lasagna is the most labor intensive long thing you can make outside of gumbo. Different right? layers. You got to get in the ricotta, then yeah. another layer, then mix in some marinara sauce on top of that. But, a- and then after you do that, bake for two hours, right? Okay. Yeah. Like, like baseball players are lasagna, man. And we live in a microwave stovetop stuffing world. So it takes too long. So for instance, that's still damn good, right? <laughs> stovetop? Yeah. Uh, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, I've never had bad stovetop. I mean, I, okay, so I haven't had bad stovetop. I've also had Martha and Vallejo's cornbread stuff. No, I know. This I'm just different. saying, like, yeah. there's a lot of people I can take. I can give you Thanksgiving blindfold people, and you can have grandma's stuffing, and I'll give you some stovetop. 
And I bet you a lot of people would screw that up. Stove top can come strong, man. Not, not I, but but I could get it. No, it's not bad. It's, it really, really isn't. So, so by the way, so the Giants pick 30th because they had the best record in Major League Baseball. Playoffs don't matter in seeding, by the way, in draft position. So the Giants pick 30th. Um, MLB Pipeline has them projected in the mock draft to take Peyton Graham, shortstop out of Oklahoma, the 28th, the 28th best prospect. They project them to take them 30th because the Giants don't have enough money in the bonus pool to draft a better player. Like that's literally the reason why they're drafting this guy to the 30th because they probably would want to go with the pitching prospect, but they don't have enough bonus pool money. And, and again, and then let's say they take a young Mr. Graham out of Oklahoma, a shortstop. We're still waiting. We are still still waiting for Elliot Ramos <laughs> to play 10 major league baseball games, okay? And, and I feel like I feel like I was still in my I was still in my 30s. I was still in my 30s <laughs> when they drafted. I'm in my 40s now, okay? I'm not that far in my 40s, but I'm just saying, man, that's crazy. Yeah, point well taken. Yeah, baseball and look at about their biggest stars. Mike Trout could walk into the studio right now. Well, this dude, he could walk down the street here on Battery and I, I guarantee you, not out of 10 people I'm recognizing the guy. Mike Trout could rob a bank. They can put video of him robbing a bank. On, on all on YouTube, okay? And like one person would be like, I think that's Mike Trout. <laughs> well, the San Francisco Giants coming up winners today. We were talking about this before we got into Osiris Sanchez. I'm I'm holding out hope, man. I'm holding all I, listen, I felt that there was a second half push in this team. I know you're all over them because they didn't get that free agent, which is true. And they might miss that guy, but if they could win 107 games last year, they certainly can turn Turn things around after what we saw in the first half. Yeah, this they, year. they they just had a seven and three stretch, which saw them, which leaves them still three games behind the Padres. No, but they're for second place in their own division. No, forget about that. They're not catching the Dodgers. But how about can do you have the overall playoff? Can you tell me how far how many games out? I think they're chasing the Cardinals. So as it stands right now, the season ended today. The Phillies oh, would the Phillies? be in. And the they are one half game. Oh, one and a half. One They're and a half, half game yeah, outside, so. but still, they they because they were like four or five before they went on the seven and three run. But that's after like you go on eight. How many more seven and three runs do you think they have in them? Well, they because got you go on a seven and three run and you're still a half game out. Mm, law averages says you're probably not going to be seven and three in your next ten. Well, especially when you hit the all-star break and you finally turn things around. That's just untimely, man. That's the last thing that could happen. Let, let, me, let, me give my, let me give some love out to, to Joey Bart and Michael Yastrzemski, though. Um, what about Lamont Wade went deep today? Your man yeah, Lamont. But no, no, no. I'm talking about over the last, like, week. When when they sent down, oh, when they sent, when they brought Bart up after. Jake went McCheese down? went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After McGee went down. I'm like, okay, Bart, sure. What is he going to do? He he hasn't been a world beater at all. He's definitely looked a lot better no, than he, he did before he was sent down for for you know being awful. By the way, I think you'd appreciate this. So Yastrzemski, which I think could be one of those landmark games that you point to. I know that's a little bit theatrical, but remember they were down seven nothing to the Arizona Diamondbacks a year ago. He had that grand slam home run and they came back and won it. One of those yeah. oh, yeah. monumental games in that historical season where they won 107 games. Well. Mm -hmm. He hits the Grand Slam walk-off. Grand Slam walk-off two days ago. And they haven't had a Grand Slam walk-off since 1973. Bobby, not Barry, Bobby Bonds, his old man, did it. <laughs> 
That could be the shot heard around the world in terms of turning the San Francisco Giants season around. And guess who he did it against? A guy by the name of Hader, Josh Hader, who happens to be one of the best closers. That's why it was so unlikely. But you know what Hader is? He's a left-hander, which I thought you would appreciate. And Yastrzemski, a left-hander, got an opportunity to bat against lefty on lefty. No platooning, Shamari, and he went out of the yard. Okay, well... According to what Farhan believes, that means he is. That was his one major hit off a lefty, and you know he's. Uh, no, I was going to your point actually. That yeah, that yeah, you yeah. got to get more everyday players. Like the world doesn't end because he's a left-hander against a left-hander. Well, but typically it did, man. I don't know the situation. <laughs> Listen, I don't know the situation, but I guarantee you, Gabe Kapler and company. They they did not want to send Yaz up there to face a lefty. But at some point they gotta get that that position player. Where are you at with Juan Soto? <sighs> really? I thought you'd be all in, dude. I cannot figure you well, out. No, so here's the You're deal. You're the most confusing man in America. Here's the deal. Why if you have to you have to give up prospects, okay? Give them all up, dude, for Juan Soto. But yeah, I am but, so surprised in you. Well, no, 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 don't get it twisted, okay? I, I'm in on Soto, especially again because what what's Elliot Ramos, man? Last time I was, we saw him come up for what four games, and we've been waiting on him since 1974, since Bobby Bonds was playing. Okay, we've been waiting <laughs> on on Elliot Ramos to come up and do anything. So I, I I don't I'm not gonna sit here and just pretend like Marco Luciano, Elliot Ramos, Sean Jelly, and Patrick Bailey and company are oh, just yeah, gonna wait. Let me propose a trade to you. Okay, you're the GM. You're Farhan. Mm-hmm. Mr. Farhan, would you take, because it's the trade deadline, he just turned down our 15-year, $440 million deal, so this dude is going to leave, all right? We don't want him to leave in free agency. We don't get anything back from him. It's the trade deadline we're talking about less than a month away. Will you give us your prospect, Luciano, and the left-hander, Hendrickson? We'll give you soda. Luciano? You got to get something to give something. You got to give something to get something. But not for somebody that that, that you know is going to walk in a year. No, you got to get up. That's the that's the that's the catch. You got to step up and pay the man. That's fine, but pay him. But but you don't give up your number one prospect in a top ten prospect. Uh, well, you're the GM. You tell me. I just knocked on your door. Are you willing to do it? I'm saying I'll I'll give you yes. <laughs> You can have Yaz and Rodon. I will give you two major league prospects right now. One of them who's pitching at a ridiculously great, who's pitching, let me rephrase that. One who has pitched extremely well this season at times, and one who was a borderline MVP caliber dude uh, a couple of years ago. I'll give you that. Then I will give you one of my... Like, I'll let you pick out of someone in the 8 to 10 range in terms of prospects in my farm system. That would be my counteroffer. Yeah, they would say uh, Luciano and Hendrickson. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Really? Well, see, because here's my thing, though, is that... So you're I, more concerned about re-signing him, that the, he could just be a rental. Is that your level of concern, that you're just running him for the remaining spe- Especially with Farhan. Well, that's what I mean. So, especially with Farhan, who's going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to, yeah. Well, Farhan, if he makes that trade, you know he's got to be all in on re-signing him. Well, see, but here's the thing that ticks me off, is that you, you want to know how much free agents cost you? Money. You don't have to give up any prospects for them. So if you want to build through the draft, you want to build your farm system up, the best thing you could do 
is sign good quality, big money free agents. Because that way you have guys that are doing the, that, that, that are going to play at a high level for you, or at least should, and you don't give up any prospects for them. But maybe you feel as though if they continue to play well, they've won seven of the last ten, they're a game and a half out, let's say between now and August, you take over the Cardinals, the Phillies for you know that playoff spot. You're making a run. Now you can obviously see, hey, listen, man, we're a serious team that can do some damage here in the postseason. Let's go get Soto. Soto's out there, much like that of Chris Bryant a year ago. Mm, I mean, I'm he's the best player in baseball right now. Him or Judge? And I would—I was going to say Juan Soto. I, as much as I appreciate Chris Bryant, Juan Soto is on a different level. He's twenty-three too. Yeah, twenty-three mm. years old. I think you got to pull that trigger, Shamar. I'm surprised. Wait, wait, you. hold on. Wait. So he's twenty. Let me just—I'm going to look up some stuff. Talk for a second, bro. He's twenty-three. I stunned no, 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 you. No, with no, that. no, no, no. That's not what I'm going to look up. I'm looking up how I'm looking up how old Elliot Ramos is. That I don't know. He's got to be. He's so so. Hey, hey, shout out Elliot Ramos. He's a Virgo, September 7th, birthday five days after mine. He is he is the same age as simply essentially as Elliot Ramos. Yeah. And but one's I would proven the other no, one. No, no, it's I know. That's why, again, that's why it's so By frustrating. The way, Elliot Ramos is not, I didn't mention him in trade talks. You can keep Elliot Ramos. Well, no, well, I'm I, I would have gladly give up Elliot. Listen, Elliot Ramos was drafted at 17, Dan. He's 22. He was drafted. When he was in high school, now he's like, you know, in a, it should be in a master's program, okay? Just think about it. If he was in the NBA and he got drafted when he was <laughs> at that age, he'd be already in his second – he'd be in a Supermax deal right now. Or or he'd be playing in Europe. <laughs> you yeah. know, like given the progress he's made, if you're an NBA player and you don't make it out of the G League in five seasons – you're you're playing in Turkey, my friend. You're in the <laughs> Turkish Basketball League. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Couple of lines are open. Let's get out to Oakland and join Bobby. Bobby wants to get in on some Juan Soto talk. Hey, Bobby, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, good. How you guys doing, man? Thanks for having me on for sure, man. But you know what? It's time, man. I mean, Farhan has got to get this Soto thing done. I, I I don't know what the amount was. I know we we're ready to pony up. Bryce Hopper for a couple years ago. Well, pony up and get Soto. We need a star, somebody who's going to be an impact player every day. They got to give up traffic. You got to give him a couple players. Got to get it done. This guy's young enough where we can he can lead this team for the next whatever how many years. So there's no excuses for the Giants, man. They got they got to get it done. So, okay, hey, okay, Bobby. But let's just say you give up Luciano and, and the farm for Soto. Okay, do you trust Farhan yeah. to sign this kid to a 10, 10 year, three hundred million dollar contract, which is what it's going to cost to get him? Well, that's the thing. You reach out to his agent, right? And and, and what's it going to take? And then you get that commitment. You get that commitment ahead of time. And then if everybody's on the same board, then you make the trade. But yeah, I, I would, I be, I wouldn't do it for two years. Uh, I'm with you there. But you get that commitment ahead of time and get the and make the trade, make the trade or whatever you got to do to get them done. But we we need Soto here. Could, no could question. You, could you picture Dan? Could you picture Thanks, Bobby? Could you picture that 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 uh, press conference like a year from now or a year and a half from now? It's like, well, sorry, he, he, we offered him, you know, uh, ten years. No, we we offer him five years at you know 150, and he wanted you know 10 years, so we let him walk. Do you would you, do you would you imagine that? And you know, listen, his, his agent is Scott Boris, so you're going to get ripped off to a certain degree. You're right? not going to get ripped off. 
That's what good quality major league baseball players cost. 30 plus million a well, season. That's he, what they cost. Now I know, but he's he'll ask for more than that if that's the going rate. It's Scott Boris for crying what out do you loud. Think he's going to ask 50? Hey, I mean, great. You know what, Joe you, Lacob? You are, you are printing money I was reading on the about waterfront. Huh? Joe Lacob, when he bought the Golden State Warriors, this is why you trust this dude. He is brilliant when it comes to this sort of stuff. So he got it from Chris Cohan, and he said, actually, he was, I believe, if I have the story correct. When you're telling me that he got something to, about success from Chris stinking Cohan. Who bought the team from Cohan. No, okay, I, got, I, was, yeah, I, got so, no, so no, I, I know that team. part. I was like, what could you learn from Chris Cohan but how to not do stuff? And it was the guy from Oracle. Uh, Larry Ellison. Larry Ellison. And it was, so it came down to Larry Ellison and Joe Lacob. They were the final bidders to buy the Golden State Warriors from Chris Cohan. So Lacob was aware of this, and he wants to make the deal quick because he know Ellison, the longer this, this plays out, Ellison can blow him out of the water because he's got more revenue, he's got more support. So he flies out to a, a, a course in Baltimore where this guy is playing golf. We're talking about Chris Cohan. And he makes the deal. And he says, just give me an offer. He says, well, I'll do it. I'll give it to you by the end of the week. He says, no, you got 72 hours. <laughs> he was dictating terms. He said, okay. They come to him with the offer. He gets on this conference call. It's for $440 million, right? Initially, it was for four hundred. dollars Cohan tacked on another $40 million, right? And so Cohan's like, is that a deal breaker? And, and so Joe Lacob said, yeah, but you know what? I'm going to give you four hundred and fifty. dollars but I want this thing done in the next, you know, in the next 24 hours. He overpaid by 10 million. My point being in all of that, sometimes that's what you do. If yes. that's what you want and you have the money, just to I'm not saying this necessarily to give Scott Boris an extra 10 million, but sometimes <laughs> you got to be willing to overpay in order to get what it is that you want. I was I know I went a long way. With well, that no, story. but sometimes, but that's the other part, though. Is is what his what else has he done? He's paid the luxury tax for a decade almost. Okay, and Farhan. By the way, I did listen to the Point Forward podcast. That's where I got it from. Is that Iguodala's podcast? I think so. Yeah. That is where I got it from. I know I stole it from somebody. The, but the the idea that the Giants are the fourth or fifth highest revenue team, but have the seventeenth highest payroll. That's great if you're the Oakland A's and you have no money. But the fact that 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 they have been beat out by margins of $10 million or $15 million over 10 years, right? Or they've been beat out because they'd offer somebody five years when someone else offered 10. Would you're talking about $150 million over 10 years, right? Yeah. That's that's you, that is unforgivable, especially when the product on the field performs the way it did the previous three weeks. OK, now the last 10 days, whatever, Kim games, whatever. But what you got the last three weeks was God awful. And listen, I, I know what you're going to say when I say these names. Chris Bryant, don't do it. Chris Bryant, Marcus Simeon were out there. They were waiting. I know they're not beating them. They're not playing. Well, great now season. you're making a case not to sign Soto. Because that, then you're saying, well, you could spend all that money and the guy could be a bust because that's what happened to Chris Bryant. But listen, though, okay, I'm going to tell you, like, okay, I'll tell you like this, Dan, okay? Lottery tickets are what, $2, okay? Yeah. Okay, if I told you there was a lottery ticket that was still not guaranteed to win, 
but it was like a hundred times more guaranteed than the $2 lottery ticket. What is that worth to you? Because you're always gambling when you're signing players. But certain players, there's a a, a more reasonable expectation well, no. of performance. Juan Soto they would gamble with. Yeah, yeah. Juan Soto they'd be all in on. I don't but, think but, there's any doubt. But I'm saying there Marcus were question Simeon, marks with Chris Bryant. His age, the longevity of the contract. Even Kevin Gossman, like pitchers who want, you know, anywhere over five years in terms of your contract and you're relying on that two seam. I mean, historically, guys throwing hard at two seam. Another year or now, that a year from now, that stuff's not effective. And so you're how much of the contract are you willing to eat? But I think they'd be all in on Juan Soto. Let's quickly get out to San Jose Ulysses oh, yeah. before we leave. Uh wants to join the program. What's going on, my man? How are you today? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's up? Well, um, you guys are talking about what changes need to be made to make the team better. When I'm out here thinking that we need to stop player, uh, stop paying like older players like Brandon Belt twenty million dollars a year, when we should have been trading him six, seven years ago when he was hitting the All Star numbers, but not really reliable player throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, nah, I'm in on Brandon Belt. I can't go there. Well, but furthermore, I don't think you're getting anything significant for Brandon Belt or no, no one named Brandon. And let's throw Longoria in there. You're not getting anything meaningful. Yeah, you're not getting anything meaningful. And, and the best value for them is the hope that they come back and do something this year or last season like they did last I think season. Crawford's got another year, but Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria, a lot of this, you know, that, that old, this is the ushering. It's a transitional phase here for the Giants. They're going to get rid, which is why if you can get to the playoffs when you're in sort of this transition, that's gravy because they're waiting for this foundation to come up and build around that. But if the foundation becomes Juan Soto, well, you do that as well. All right, we got to get out, I believe. We're done. All right, my man Shamari Block, love you as always. Be safe out in Los Angeles. We will talk soon. And for the, all of you, we will see you back here tomorrow night on 95.7 The Game. So long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.